Hi, I'm Brandon. Hi, I'm Wendy. We reread stuff. Oh, wow. This book. So, when did you last read it? I really don't know. May, it, it's got to have been at least 10 years. It's been a while. I read it first when I was in high school, and I thought it was awesome then. And I've read it a few times since then, I know for sure. Really, because I, I can remember a lot of the details of the book, and there were only, like, I was more interested in the character aspects this time, so there were still some surprises for me. But, like, the main events of the book, I absolutely remembered everything. How about you? Uh, I think I've read it one time. Okay. And according to Goodreads, 2015 was okay. the last time I read it. I think I picked it up partly because I think Adam had talked about, like, when he was a kid reading the Highland Juveniles. I think this was part of that. And, and yeah, just thought, oh, okay, I'll, like, check it out. And I think maybe the only other, I think I read Starship Troopers and maybe Stranger in a Strange Land when I was in high school. So mm -hmm. that was my only, like, really... Yeah, like that's pretty much the extent of my experience with it. So I only remembered, you know, are there critters that go, or, you know, or change? <laughs> I mean, like, but it was so vague that I kind of remembered them as rabbits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but apparently so killer bunnies is what I was expecting. And, you know, I got like something sort of close. But, yeah. But yeah, that was that was the only thing. And I wasn't it was so vague that I thought is maybe it was a totally different book or yeah, so I didn't really know what to expect. I went through a big Highland phase when I was a teenager. The very first science fiction book that I can remember reading was Have Space Suit Will Travel, uh, which was like sixth grade. And I had a long drive a while back and I got the audiobook version of that. That is such a terrible book. Oh my goodness. <laughs> It, it's remarkable that I read that and still wanted to read more science fiction. But when I was a kid, it was great. Sure. Know? And much like this, it could not have been more obvious to me that this was written for teenagers to read. This is the oldest book that we've read for the mm -hmm. podcast so far. It was published in 1955. And who does it feel like it? Yeah, it really does. I could see... Like, even now, like, there'd be some elements, I think, that could still capture your imagination. A lot of it, I mean, as a reader, I just don't care about. So mm -hmm. I imagine that if you like imagining physics or, you know, space things or technology, like, you, there's still, you know, like, fodder for fun. I don't care. So there's at least, like, a couple <laughs> notes where I'm like, this is just absolutely, I'm just not the audience for this. It, I, I really don't care about how anything works. So that mm -hmm. was super boring. But it doesn't go on that long. I do kind of like survival stories. So there was a little bit of that in there. But, wow. There's <laughs> a lot. So I didn't, you know, I didn't hate the book. Mm -hmm. But I sure hated, like, a lot of the stuff, I think, just from... American culture and things from the 50s that I just found exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I think, so I, most of the stuff, most of the time when I was reading Heinlein, it was in high school and a little bit after that. And I read a lot of the future history stuff. And the way that he writes about young people, especially in the beginning of this book, when he's talking about, like, Rod doesn't have advanced mathematics, but he's only learned, like, these 19 different kinds of calculus, right? <laughs> and, you know, he's, I think he's 16, maybe 17. You don't get a lot of, like, hard details in this book. But 
you know, he's, he's doing a test to be an Outlands instructor and he should have all of these skills. That's a theme that gets repeated by Heinlein, especially when you get into like the Lazarus Long books and Time Enough for Love is the, the real big one of those where this guy's, it's primarily memoir and it's all like, you know, back in my day, young people learned a lot of things and they weren't idiots and they weren't coddled in school and, you know, you could go to an alien planet with just a knife and you'd be fine, right? So that felt like a real, like I really drew that connection strongly here. Because that shit starts in the beginning when the deacon says that anyone who wants to take a weapon is a sissy. I mean, I do not understand the academic necessity of this class to be this way. The deacon is not a good instructor at all. He's just a blustery piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. At least when his sister was making the argument against taking a gun, it seemed like a more reasonable... Like she actually gave reasons, mm-hmm. and it made, I guess, some amount of sense. And, I mean, she was handing him, like, here, take two knives. You know? <laughs> so, you know, I, I liked at least that part of it. But, yeah, some of that was just seemed completely ridiculous. And, and just... I don't even know what it was like weird power plays or things like it's the oh I would have failed you if you had not brought like the specific suit it's like well okay like at this point why even ask people if they want to do this just chuck them through a tunnel in the sky and <laughs> so that seemed dumb I guess if you wanted to and I see I'm not really sure Heinlein did or didn't uh, but if you wanted to just talk about like how stupid and ridiculous like these arbitrary like markers of success or systems are well you you did a pretty good job <laughs> there but yeah it was weird so I guess but I mean he and the deacon ends up with the sister right <sighs> Which, of course, right? Like, there was that, I was so mad. There was the, the section where it was like, oh, hey, sis, like, you, you'd give all this up for marriage? And she's pretty much like, oh, yeah, like, if he's breathing, I'm taking him because, yeah, you know, <laughs> marriage is the best. And I mean, I enjoy marriage, but sure. <laughs> it's just completely bizarre. But I guess I'm, I'm glad that the, the deacon enjoyed her discussion of firearms and looked her up because, right. Yeah. But yeah, the class seemed weird. The the strange, I'm going to team up, well, maybe not. And It had a, a real kind of like Battle Royale, Hunger Games kind of quality to it. And it's one of those things, I made a note of it this time, because it, it really doesn't make sense to treat this test like that. Like, there, you don't fail if everybody else passes, right? Like, the, there's um, the guy... Johan with his big zap gun and his dog and he gets killed like right away and then somebody jumps Rod and steals all of his stuff like why? I mean it makes so much more sense to team up with someone and get through the test together than be antagonistic because I mean not only do you have to worry about other people out there but you have a whole planet of dangerous shit that wants to kill you yeah, and I guess the way that it was set up, it was so quick. We didn't know why Johan died or his dog. At least they made the dog ornery, so I didn't feel too bad. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so that we didn't get to see that. So I guess it was the, well, he was clearly set up maybe as the strongest, and then that didn't work out. But, yeah, like the, the attacking Ron for his stuff, 
it would only maybe make sense, I guess, either if you're just violent or if he had something specifically that someone else wouldn't. But, you know, how would you even know that? So, yeah, I don't think it, it made much sense. And, and if it was going to, like, be in contrast, like, some people go barbaric but really humans are or are you know if you're mm-hmm. if you're trying to explore like civilization versus barbarism or however we'd phrase it maybe some resolution maybe finding out who did it or or maybe i just missed that detail it's but, never in there yeah so then it's it just sort of goes nowhere so then is it just like stupid drama because you know I'm, i would have been fine with him just trying to figure out uh-huh. the the world yeah, the, it does come back when Jack has his knife. And Jack's like, oh, yeah, I found it on the dead guy. So, it, I mean, it comes back a little bit, but... Yeah, but we I guess we never know why the guy did it, or just no. I suppose that's just his survival things. But And it, it's, it's such a weird thing. One of the notes that I took was that you really have to do a lot of imagining to fill in the details to make any of this make sense. And, and so one of the things that, I mean, we got to give him credit, is 1955, it's pre-Sputnik. We don't know shit about the solar system. So you've got a solar system that is filled with compact, complex life and aliens everywhere. Fine. I don't have a problem with that. But the idea that in the future you would just directly export capitalism, right? Like, and it's such, it's not even just capitalism. It is just the harshest version of it. Like, we, you pay for us to put you on another planet and then we don't do anything with you until you have something to give to us. Yeah, it was it was depressing <laughs> for sure, <laughs> but also yeah, really weirdly limiting and I mean just the flavor of when he was watching the people go through the the tunnels, uh, whatever the transport system. I mean, okay, there was a couple things wrong there. I mean, but, sure. <laughs> just address the minor and it's not wrong but it, it very much like it's the wild west flavor right mm-hmm. like they basically they have covered wagons yeah. like, you know so the whole thing very felt you know like very cowboy and and then of course there's the weird racist i don't know enough about history like were people freaking out over china and overpopulation that early or it must have been i mean i, I noted the overpopulation thing yet again despite the fact <laughs> That you've got gates that magically send you to a host of other planets. Yeah, yeah, super weird. I mean, I guess everyone loves Malthus or whatever the hell his name is. But <laughs> yeah, just, uh, so, you know, I, so I, I don't know, but I just, like, oh my God. It just... And again, 1955, yep. but just, could I, at least it eased up a little bit, like, once they actually got going, like, on the planet. I Somewhere. really was not interested in Island's weird ideas about how, how Earth was working. I would suggest you don't read any more of him then. Yeah, I just, it's just probably not for me. But at yeah. least when it got to be more, like, adventure thing, then I just had to deal with, I mean, sure, like, the occasional racism, that's great. Uh, and then... Like really obvious, like sexism. It's so weird because you you can read Holy the entry cow. and they're giving him credit about like, well, at the time, you know, like they had some intelligent, capable women, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, what a low bar. Yeah, the the thing with women is it's weird on a number of different levels. So Rod is largely just an asshole, but. He at least has some respect for some of the women, like Carol. He finds positive things about some of them. Mm-hmm. Contrast that with Grant, who 
you know, treats all of the women like they are children and is enforcing rules like you can't have mixed hunting teams. And if someone gets married, we have to drop everything and build them a house instead of worrying about the security of our little colony. Yeah. So when they lauded him, <laughs> Grant sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so I would, yeah, not into that at all. And yeah, it's either their women are either children or they're just, I guess, little breeding machines because it seemed like he was moving towards some really glad. Hudlin got really weird about that stuff late, right? Like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Like, I'm sure I blocked out. Like, stranger <laughs> to stranger. But it was, it, was it orgies? No, I don't know. But, like, he, at least for the juveniles, or maybe he hadn't gone, like, full bananas. But, yeah, there, just some, there were some creepy edges of things that I that I didn't like. And, you know, Rod, at least, I mean, I was laughing. I look at my notes, and a lot of them was like, you know, I hope you die in a fire, Rod. Because <laughs> it was the, you know, well, first, you know, it's the girls. Girls are poison. They're going to ruin oh, everything. Yeah. They're, oh. When he can't figure out that Jack is a girl, and he's talking <laughs> about how much he hates girls, it, it just feels like the weirdest I don't know. I, Heinlein was in his 40s. Maybe he doesn't remember what being a teenager was like. Maybe he was just a weird fucking teenager. Yeah. But I don't know. And, and that's something that it, it carries through the whole book where at the end when Rod is the mayor and he's like, well, I, you know, I, can, I have to dance with a different person every dance and I can't have any relationship. The day I get married is the day I resign. Like, that's the least believable thing this 16 or 17 year old guy is not gonna do anything with women yeah or anyone i mean it wouldn't have to be a woman but he's not interested in any kind of relationship yeah and it was tied up it wasn't just a like i'm not interested in it it seemed like he had this weird idea about yeah leadership and how things work and i bet he was the like you, you can't be with the with the, you can't have sex before the big game because you know <laughs> <laughs> like, or you're going to lose. I just feel like it was tied up with some just stupid macho baloney. And what was it like? He wakes up after like the thing and Grant is dead and they elect him mayor. And he's like, instead of, well, we'll go to this this place that I, we had found before that I thought was well fortified. He's like, a real man wouldn't abandon it to these critters. And, oh, yeah. Such an idiot. Um, I'm looking at this note here that says it starts with Rod is just a collection of deficiencies. And I'll stand by that. Yeah. So do you think, I mean, I agree. You know, so but I'm just, I'm trying to figure out. And again, like I know authorial intent, like not going to work out for us. We cannot contact him and say, what were you doing? Were we supposed to think that Rod was super great? Oh yeah. I think so. I, okay. I think he's supposed to be... I think he's supposed to be like an idealized version of a teenage boy becoming a man as imagined by a man in his 40s. Okay. Who I don't think ever had children. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. Because I'm trying to think of like who called him on his bullshit. You know, I think Jack did initially when he was trying to, and she's like, yeah, your logic really doesn't work super well. But I'm trying to think, so the, he had that big weird theory about getting dumped out on Earth somewhere, which right. honestly, given like the corruption and stuff, wasn't 
perhaps as ridiculous as it might have been, but you know, she proved that like pretty quickly, like just look. <laughs> right. <laughs> so maybe it was excused? I don't know. Okay, okay. Before we move on from that, his theory included that they have set up cloud generators okay. to hide the stars <laughs> so they couldn't prove that they were on Earth. Right. Okay, that is pretty dumb. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, it would have been a weird and different book if that had been it. I would have read that book, too. I oh, think yeah. it's an interesting story. But yeah, yeah but I guess you'd just, have to, yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, you'd have to be way more interested in really interrogating, like, how crappy the systems are in the government, and um, which probably was, well, I don't know, though. I mean, they kind of praised their little form of government, so I, I don't know. But, and then who else? Was it Jimmy, maybe, that, like, every once in a while would call him up? But he's... He was the comic relief? Yeah. I mean, he would occasionally point things out. I think... Maybe Carolyn did some of it. Sure. And, I mean, one of my favorite sections was the the section where he was gone and it was Carolyn's diary. <laughs> right. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, he got a lot of static from Grant. And it, I mean, it, the book only works if those two hate each other. And mm. then Rod comes to believe that, you know, his loss was a great loss or whatever. And then it was just the people that nobody would want around. The ones who didn't want to work and, you know, just wanted to throw their weight around. Right. Yeah, so I guess nobody who would have been, quote-unquote, really respected would have been someone who was calling on. So, yeah, his man of action. Yeah. And then when he didn't act, it seemed like the there were background characters that were like, oh, yeah, like, you should have, you should have let us kick their butts or whatever <laughs> was going on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was... Uh, that part was not not great. <laughs> so, I don't know. There are only a couple of things regarding Rod that I think are particularly well written or hold up, you know, this far past publication. One of them is it's late in the book, and there's the guy that had was forced out before, and he came back, and he still won't work, and they're having all these problems. And Rod is determined not to use violence and then just immediately breaks that and goes straight to violence. That feels like a real thing a teenage idiot would do. Like, I am going to do this right. I am going, you know, we're not going to fight about it. I'm going to make my points and he's going to go along. And just immediately they start beating the shit out of each other. Right, right, yeah. And then that, you're right. Like, I would, I would agree. And some of those questions, I mean, I thought were kind of potentially interesting as far as like yeah i could see especially the university students or the you know the older ones coming in and pulling different maneuvers and i like that one of them was was going to try to do it the tricky way grant's group and then you had jock and bruce and those guys doing it the sort of like bully violent stupid way Mm -hmm. um and I do appreciate that, you know, I mean, at least there was a try to, like, not be completely violent. So, because, you know, I mean, well, I think this has been compared to other, like, sort of, like, Lord of, you know, like, Lord of the Flies and all those kind of things where, you know, maybe violence is really going to break out. And, you know, oh, our our thin veneer of civilization is always (laughs) hiding. And I I don't think that's what this is really going for. So I liked that. No, yeah. I mean, a lot of them, some of them are hung up on the weirdest shit. Like, and, and I mean... They're in a strange situation. They don't know how long they're going to be stuck on this planet. They don't know if they will ever in their lifetimes contact, you know, the the rest of their society. Rod has this great line about how oh, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren are going to eat white bread. Like, you know, they're planning <laughs> right. things for the far future. 
But they're like, oh, we got to have papers so we can write down all the logarithm tables. And we got to write down the Bill of Rights. And we got to write down everything we can think of. Which, it kind of makes sense in their situation. But there's a whole lot of, I think, middle-aged dude writing this Mm -hmm. and not considering these are teenagers and young adults. Right. Yeah. I don't know much about the sort of technology end of this, and I did not bother to look it up, but it seemed like they got really advanced pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, like, are, did, well, no, they didn't ever make steel, right? They salvaged that from a Right. They, they salvaged the one thing they had, but they were making iron, but they couldn't find coal, so they couldn't make steel. But, like... All of them are just super capable, which I guess, if you're going to be taking a test like this, mm-hmm. you have studied and things. And Rod is one of the younger people on the test. There are people from college who have been studying before they take this test. Some of that, I mean, it didn't really bother me. But yes, like, you had a lot of people with a lot of ideas about how to immediately turn this back into a functioning society that was going to progress towards technology. Right. Yeah. Maybe I just, I mean, again, I've only watched maybe was it one... Or one and a half seasons of like Survivor, but when you see like, dumbasses, you know, sort of arguing over how to build a hut or something, you know, I just thought, well, that's pretty, pretty smooth, oh. pretty quickly. Look, this is a short book. He could have put in fifty pages of arguments, and it still wouldn't be that long. True, and, and it would probably be more believable. To your uh, point. Right, and at that point, I'm thank you for the edits because I do not <laughs> want to read that at all. Um, I, yeah, it, it's a. Yeah, super short. Uh, so much is skipped over. And again, it's one of those where, like, do I want a Tolkien-esque trek through? No, <laughs> I do not. But, wow, there were big blanks where it's like, this could have been really exciting. Nope, we we hear about it secondhand, or we get weird jumps, or there's a lot of, of opportunity kind of kind of missed. And, you know, maybe for your target audience at the time, that's what you want it's just super streamlined but it missed a lot yeah i think there's a good story in there mm-hmm. peel away all the shitty 50s racism and sexism and everything else that's in there and there's an interesting story but yeah there are a lot of gaps in it there are things that are really interesting that only get touched on one of the things I like about it, and it, I, it, it's something that's come up before when we've read books like this, particularly Rendezvous with Rama. I love it when people make assumptions and they are just completely wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, all of these animals, they're fine. You know, we don't have to worry about any of this. Uh, this beach with a million bones on it, no big deal. I mean, I'm sure that's just, that's a natural thing that just happens. There's no reason to worry about that being at the end of this river that we live next to. And then I remember... The first time I read this, the turn when they go from being dopey Joes to the, you know, you know, little danger rabbits or whatever they are, where they latch onto you and they won't let go. And I thought that was awesome. Mm -hmm. And I I do love that assumption that we are the intelligent life in the area and we have conquered this place and just having it completely turned upside down. Yeah. And the, yeah, and like falling on your sort of like complacency, like we have, yeah, we have this place on lock, you know, without actually thinking, hey, time progresses, seasons progress, <laughs> things change. Also, like, I mean, again, I would not last very long in a survival situation, but you know, if I have this water source and everything seems fine and then it seems to be drying up, I would be concerned. 
might be trying to collect some stuff. I don't know, but and then when you see animal behavior change, you know, it just seems yeah, really, really ridiculous. <laughs> so, but you know, I guess there is a pleasure to be had reading a book and, and yelling at the characters, you know, having this idea, <laughs> something bad's gonna happen. You know it. Uh, I did see, okay, so the whole Stobor thing, mm-hmm. I just remember, like, on page 47, like, no, that better not be robots. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I didn't have any memory of what was going on, so I thought, okay, are there killer... So and, so that was when I, was, I saw that and talk about making assumptions. I'm like, well, is it robots? Like, so when he's getting attacked, I'm like, well, are there... Are there killer robots around? <laughs> it's like, no, no, you are dumb. Um, but... I had a whole a whole different story kind of kind of going on. Oh, but the description of the creepy little guys that like make the screaming noises—that yes. was so good. Yes, the what do they call it? The Jungle Symphony or yeah. whatever it was. I that first night where Rod is just convinced that the night is like twenty-five hours long. Yeah, and the you know the whole psychological effect of hearing these strange sounds and. That was great. It was. And I was, you know, even though I thought he was kind of, you know, I didn't dislike him too much. I was like, eh, a little bit. But, but yeah, I was there with him, and I thought that was super, like, it got my imagination. It was so tense. And I, so I loved that part. I thought that was that was really cool. Um, and even the, um, you know, the choice to, like, sort of crawl, you know, along that first part, I thought, it just... It, I think just the inching along and being super frank because yeah you don't know what to to expect so I, right. I thought that was cool and then what he sees like pretty immediately I'm assuming that that other guy was just you know like out walking <laughs> with his with his dog and his gun and just got got destroyed and so I, I liked that part I guess so some some good tension and you know he did a really good job I would think as a teenager like setting up the things that you would have to rebel against because my goodness, his dad was such a douche. (laughs) Yes. It's very clearly written for a teenage boy to read. And, and, you know, you've got that set up in the beginning where they're going to be gone for a while. It's like 20 years or whatever for medical Mm -hmm. science to catch up. And then it's also in the end, they can forget that time has gone by and treat him like a child, which is just the worst thing that could happen to a boy on the cusp of being an adult. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I mean, it was clumsy at the same time. It was well done, right? Like, just, you know, when when the deacon guy is kind of trying to, like, maybe, I don't know if he was trying to hint at it or just you know, sort of saying, like, hey, like, this is something. So even though I didn't like Rod, I... I disliked his father more, mm-hmm. and I was very happy that his sister did not immediately say, of course I'm going to give up guardianship, because she's sure. not an idiot, yeah. and so she she knows, but wow, that guy was so bad, and what a lack of empathy and imagination, that guy was the worst, like just, <laughs> you know, he's going to sit there, he's like, just like, nothing's happened, and they're all super surprised, like, not like what did you go through like no idea that that Nothing could change all. anybody and honestly like i was offended that they had that dumbass neighbor woman or whoever <laughs> she was like who does that who says sure our kids coming back we haven't seen them there's big changes but yeah hang out yeah 
I hated her. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, good job, but... And yeah, Rod's father was terrible. And he, I mean, he's in like four or five pages out of this book. It's another one of those things, I think, where if you're doing the mental work and picturing like what it was like for Rod to grow up in that house, yeah, not great yeah. at all. The patriarchy no is no good for anyone. <laughs> no wonder he wants to get out as soon as possible. Uh, yeah. And just, and of course, the mother is completely ineffectual. Uh, I've forgotten the time lag again. Right, and I, and then, but she had one job. She had one job to order some food, and she messed that up too. <sighs> so I'm glad. I mean, the sister, much better. So yeah. that part was good. But, yeah, but no one acknowledged the fact that you know, like what she did for a living. I thought that was. Just so, yeah. So, if you wanted to set it up, I guess for someone to be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna rebel," or "I need to get out of here," that would that would work out. But so that was so. Well done. Super frustrating. Hated those characters. Uh, I still didn't. I so I sympathized a little bit more with Rod, and I guess I I kind of felt bad for him. How crappy would it be? You build up this. Civilization things are working like pretty well. It's pretty good, and just it was so unceremonious, right? It was just the people who piled out there sucked so much. There were, I, I was kind of mixed on that section of the ending mm-hmm. because I think Rod is a little blind to the idea of how much people would just be doing what they had to do to get by. And, you know, putting a good face on things. He's the only one we get any kind of interiority from. And at that point in the book, he's all like, well, they're just... I think he even says weak sisters who want to go back. And, you know, they don't understand the value of what we've built. And they're going to regret leaving. and, And that just felt like more Rod garbage. Right. But the part of it... This was one of the other parts that I really liked in the book that felt really true. Especially when you're that age is not being able to give up on something that's been important to you once it's gone. Because it is very clear that this colony is gone immediately. Yeah. And it, you get the, the awful like parody of the news team that comes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the medium or the psychic who does like emotional trances to, to do things. Yeah, I don't I even know, know if there was actually was. Like, any power if she was just... You know, like, I'm just vibing with the place. But. Yeah. And he, it gets down to one person, just Rod, and he's still being stubborn about it. But that whole idea of this was great, and I thought it was going to be great for a long time, and now it's not. That I like. Yeah. And, I, and it made me feel for him, I guess, to a certain point. But also, it's like, yeah, bud, like, you made friends, right? But, I mean, he, like... Some of those people had children. <laughs> yes. like, I know he's like, oh, they're cute. You know, but you know, like he had no, they had to make those choices. What are you, what are you doing? But yeah, to dismiss them like that. And then also maybe thinking that, and it's, he wasn't, he wasn't a dictator. He wasn't like a terrible leader or anything, but you know, you were mayor. You had it pretty good. Like maybe. You yeah. Know, you're, you're sleeping in front of the, the mayor's hut. 
in the afternoon and not working up in the you know the iron forge or whatever yeah so your experience may be a little bit different than than other people's and he didn't seem like he had anything to go back to we don't know anything about the other people really i mean he had a you know crappy parent well i mean crummy parents but i mean people he didn't even know if they were going to be alive or not sure right so he's kind of like untethered there just it's almost like a better writer could have made this awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or someone, yeah. Or someone who had but, had more I mean, because that was just a, an aspect of it that I didn't really think about a whole lot was, the, you know, all he's got is this colony that he's been a part of building. Yeah. So, yeah, I think some cool ideas, some frustrating things. So, again, I could see where it could capture your imagination. It didn't really I mean for me I suppose well no that's a lie because there were parts where I'd be like oh yeah like this could be an interesting idea so it's sort of the oh at, to build on mm-hmm. right like I think that would be cool there were some certain you know moments that I thought were really awesome but yeah so much like missed you know kind of opportunity and I'm not a teenager <laughs> so <laughs> thank goodness but you know even I could I could get in touch with teenage Wendy and say yeah like that would suck but Teenage Monday would probably also be like, Jack sucks. Um, maybe, can I have his sister's story? Because that seems like way more cool. <laughs> but you know, not the worst of the older books, I think. Maybe because I had no connection. So you loved you loved it when you were a kid? Or oh yeah, when I was a teenager? Or? Absolutely. I mean, this was really the thing that got me to read more Heinlein at that time. And yeah, I loved it. I thought it was just the coolest thing in the world. I was probably 15, you know, when I read it. It's something that I've gone back to and read a few times when I just want something that's easy and that I know that I like. It's a lot harder to ignore its deficiencies at this point. Rod is not cool. I, I don't know that I ever really wanted to be like Rod, but I think it's kind of the goal of writing and publishing a book like this sure. in the 50s is to have Rod as an aspirational target. But the idea... We've kind of touched on this a couple of times with a couple of different books. The idea of going to another planet where everything that bugs you as a teenager is gone, that was just super appealing, you know? Like, I, I absolutely am also not a survivalist, you know? I would be the guy who got, who was just walking through the field and got killed by the giant lion thing. But the idea that all of these things that annoy you and your parents and school is all just gone and you just get to do whatever you want as long as you stay alive, that was something I think I really identified with as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned I would have too. I mean, I read this when I was an adult, you know, so it would, and it was very much a, Hey, I'm going to read this thing that some people that I know liked. You know, so it was that kind of lens. And so then I, I read it and, Oh, okay. So there was no, so for a reread, it was this curiosity. I think more than anything, I had no emotional attachment to this really at all. So I could feel pretty free. I think the, yeah, aside from character stuff, I, I disagreed with his weird assessment of what uh, a modest proposal is about. <laughs> I was like, mm, mm, no, missed a, missed a big point on that one, but sure. He was talking about population controlling. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. And, but if those are the kinds of, like, I pick that one thing, right, out of a text, not connecting. There were... Like I said, a lot of the details kind of get alighted as you go through this book. At most, there were a hundred people on this planet. And we know that a lot of them got killed and did not make it to get into the colony or just never showed up or whatever. So, you know, there's 40 or 50 kids 
in this. Now we're at the point where I'm just looking at the little stupid things that I've made notes. <laughs> sure. And I wanted to make sure I mentioned. Nitpick. Yeah, on page 110, when they're talking about what their colony, how it's going to be set up politically, and Arthur, who they called Waxy, gets up and talks about, we have the means to breed scientifically a new race, a super... There's, I don't know, 20 women? And... Yeah. What... Where the hell did that come from? Right. With no real knowledge of genetics. Yeah. He'd say that and I think it'd be like, oh, we've got a bunch of dudes. Let's just yeet this guy off, <laughs> off the, the cliff and we don't need him. Yeah. That was super gross. Rod casually eats alien deer brains as dessert. Oh, yeah. That was so <laughs> gross. Hey, you want some dessert? What? Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, that one was... When they do the secret ballot voting and they give that creepy super race guy the uh-huh. cracked pots and they say all the votes for him are cracked pots. That okay. does still crack me up. That one, yeah, that one was pretty funny. Like, I don't... The weird way that they talked to one another, like, just the language. It's 1955, but, I mean, they sometimes it really read, like, weird 19th century British explorers. Didn't they, like, Old Bean and, like, that guy? I, mean, I don't know. I, super, that was super weird. So I did laugh, um, but also, wow. It's a stylistic choice for sure. Again, middle-aged dude writing young people. Sure, sure. Not everybody can do that. Yeah, I guess it's good that he didn't, you know, like they'll talk about people who are like, I'm going to write about teenagers, you know, and I'm, uh, I'm 40 years old or whatever. And then you try to what, like go to Urban Dictionary or something and like pick out like the slang, like how, how you, how you doing fellow kids, that kind of thing, you know, and then it just ages like milk and you're like, oh no, that's so bad. So this was a thing you wonder it really made me wonder about this class they take it's towards the end where rod and this bruce dude are going to have their fight and they're talking about like which i think is a real thing that you know once a a dangerous to the death fight starts it doesn't last long Mm -hmm. right especially if they're trained the textbook used in most high schools and colleges listed 27 ways to destroy or disable a man hand to hand None of the methods took as long as three seconds once contact was made. What the fuck textbook is this in high school? Yeah. Yeah. That's super weird. And and just the whole idea that you would take it or... Yeah. I don't understand how that worked Mm -hmm. on your transcript. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's uh, getting AP credit for this. Yeah. Like, when... When do you decide to do that? And when his stupid dad was, well, I don't know if I'm going to let you do that. Which, I mean, it seems clearly like a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know why they would require people to do that in that way. I mean, later on, I think when he's like, well, we wouldn't send you to a place where you'd automatically die because we want you to be successful. Then maybe (laughs) (laughs) you don't just dump people out without any idea of what's going on. I understand like if you're embracing the idea of exploration or something, mm-hmm. like you you wouldn't want to do the, oh yes, I've toured other planets, you know, from your luxury, you know, sort of the I I get that to a point, but it feels like there could be more responsible what? approaches and yeah, what a weird textbook. 
I think it goes back to that Wild West mentality that you mentioned. Mm. And just the idea that these planets are going to be lawless and... You know, you're going to have to be prepared to defend yourself at any moment. And there's going to be six gun battles in the street or whatever. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to change at the end. Because what isn't, like, the end part of it, he's on his horse being all cowboy-rific. Incredibly abrupt ending where he's leading a colony to a new world. Uh, Yeah. But at no point does he say, you know, I was stranded on there and we built a nice little civilization and it wasn't, you know, necessarily completely lawless and nope, we don't really talk about that. No. But I'm glad Jimmy became a lawyer or <laughs> 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 whatever the heck. But yeah, it was it was very strange and there there was a lot of it. It was a it was a weird book. Do you know, like shout out to all the people who were just trying to find genre fiction back in the day. <laughs> yeah. I would just sort of say it was a, nah. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'll go back to this one. And I'm not upset about it. I I have tried to reread some of the the non-juvenile, like adult Highland stuff a few times. And I get into it a little bit, but it's just, it is of such an old style now and focused on things that I don't care about and containing characters like Rod that too much are the center of attention and held up as the ideal that there's way too much other stuff to read yeah yeah and i think yep so if you're if you're into the history i guess of the genre like sure i would say go go to it but yeah there's lots of other people i think that have done way more interesting things and maybe they couldn't have done that without this but eh, you could skip it (laughs) (laughs) yeah read this in college Write a paper about it. Be done. Move on. (laughs) Yeah. Next time we'll be reading Watership Down by Richard Adams.